Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. Edward Buckley is a retired Cork City fire officer, uh, and, and Edward, you're concerned for, for this, I think. You're concerned that someone will have a very serious accident in an ambulance because they're just knackered. Morning. Absolutely. Yes, good morning. <clears throat> Absolutely. It's, um, it was just gone to a stage now to, it's very, very serious. And uh, I speak now as, a, as an individual, I don't speak for anyone else, but it's something that has concerned me for quite some time yeah. because these people men and women in the ambulance service, and I have no problem saying it, they, the quality of care that they give is second to none. Absolutely. They're highly trained, they have the best of equipment, they have the best vehicles, you name it, but they just can't deliver when it comes to time. There you hear stories of, of uh, people waiting for hours for ambulances. I go back in my career, uh, going back some years, and uh, often in the city centre, waiting in a, as a road traffic situation or a fire situation, river rescue, whatever the case is, it wouldn't be unusual, especially on the weekends, to hear that uh, there was no ambulance available. And we had to wait for one to come from Cork, uh, West Cork or North Cork or whatever the case it was. And the thing about it is when those crews arrive at these situations, they feel that they've left the people down. They're frustrated, they're tired and this and that through no fault of their own. Yeah. because it's come to a situation which is has to be addressed by someone seriously and very quickly that they they could be taking a patient to Cork that, that you mentioned there very well about the, um, the ambulance service from West Cork and you have ambulances coming from as far as Waterford into Cork City and they, I met a crew some time back there and they, they were from Waterford and they had come up to Cork with a patient early in the early morning and never left Cork for hours because while they were in the Cork area, they had to respond to calls because of this call-out system yeah. that's in place. It's the near, it's, so when I explained to me one time, I think it's, Ted Kenny is the SIP2 union man and he explained it to me on a call here one day, Ed. He said, literally when a, go, a call goes into dispatch, the, the system can tell them where the nearest ambulance is, and that's the Absolutely. one that goes. That's the one that goes. And then you have somebody who's down in West Cork, whatever, but their ambulance up here in Cork, and they're down there waiting for an ambulance, and, and what do they do? They're mm. probably depending on something from Kerry or whatever the case it is. Now, what worries me greatly, um, because I think they're, they're wonderful people, they're highly trained, as I said, mm-hmm. and they have to keep updates their training at all times. And when you get into the care of a paramedic, you're in good, safe hands. And yes. I have no problem saying that. Yes. I've seen it for myself, and you have to see it. And the thing about it is that they are frustrated because a lot of the time they're going to cause where they're being abused. And I've seen that also. 
because there's been abuse of being delayed and everything else, and we're hearing talk of hours delays, you know, which is, 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 is not right at all. We were always taught as first aiders and as young men in, in today about the golden hour. Yeah. That if you have a trauma situation, then if you, from the time you have the trauma, from the time you're back into a hospital in an hour, your chances of a recovery or survival are gr- much greater, much mm-hmm. greater. Mm-hmm. And when you think if you have to wait for a half an hour for an ambulance or an hour for an ambulance, and I've heard of cases where there's even two hours. Yeah. I'm not sure about that, as I said, ever just what I hear. Yeah. Ed, you're retired now at a couple of years, but take it's us what, take yes. us back to, your, your, as I've said, your own heyday. I, like, what has changed? Well, I think what has changed, there's a huge demand on the service. There is a huge demand on the service. There is a huge demand on any departments. And my heart goes out to the likes of student nurses, uh, nurse staff, nurses, doctors, and everything else in any departments. There has to be a system where, if you look at it, you have trauma and you have accidents, and that's a daily basis, and that's a fact of life. But you look at weekends, then where you have alcohol-related injuries and drug overdoses and everything else like that, which is unfortunate, very, very unfortunate. But at that time, I mean, you wouldn't want to be having a mishap at home because you're not going to get an ambulance. That's the chances of you not getting an ambulance. And what they have done to try and rectify that is that they put motorcycles here in Cork, paramedics on motorcycles. The fire service uh, have a cardiac unit, which we implemented many years ago when I was there, and that can respond to life-threatening conditions, but that is only to sustain the patient. It yeah. doesn't transport the patient to the hospital. Yeah. I do believe, personally speaking, uh, because I have great time for the, the ambulance service and for rescue services in, in, by and large, is that um, there is a huge delay, and that delay, unfortunately, when you talk about the golden hour and you talk somebody who's not breathing with a cardiac arrest or whatever the case it is, you have no time to be waiting. Yeah. And it begs, the, what can you do yourself at home? And I dread to think what can happen as I'm getting older myself. So how long would I be waiting for an ambulance? And that's, and that's a real concern. You know, Ed, in the older, and I'm not talking 100 years ago now, but I'm talking when I was a schoolboy, I remember the red ambulance, the, the fire right. brigade ambulance. And in Dublin, they still have one, don't they, they in every major the station? What, what happened? Again? I mean, is it time to reconsider that, to put an ambulance in every fire station and have paramedics there that you can actually go like, Go out with the with the brigade with the to unit, a yes, trauma, yes. you know. Yes. Well, what has happened? Uh, no, I worked on the fire brigade ambulance a years oh, ago, okay. and um, I've been one of the younger members at the time. You were given the job of the ambulance, which was uh, very challenging, very rewarding too at the same time. But the difference there was that the ambulance was in the station. And the ambulance had no other duties right. other than to mend the ambulance. So if the ambulance came in, the, the call came in for the ambulance, the ambulance was open in a minute. And so that's the same within five, six, seven, eight, nine minutes, whatever the case was. The difference today is the, 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 the system that's in place where the ambulance has to go out and it has to, um, you know, there, there's a huge difference. The ambulance could be doing some other call, transfer, for instance, to uh, some other yeah. uh, facility, and he might get the call on the radio to go here and everything else. Whereas the fire brigade ambulance had nothing else to do, only to wait for the call. Yeah. If you understand. I, I'm, I'm thinking of a situation. Take now an area there. Take Anglesey Street. Take a bad yeah. crash uh, around the corner there at the edge of the of, of the link road, and someone is injured. Yes. They could be waiting an hour for an ambulance to come from wherever it is, and yet there could be an ambulance parked around the corner in the fire station. Absolutely. You're quite right. You're quite right there. 
The only thing is there's a lot has changed and it has changed for the better, I might add. Now, fire service crews, even today, they have their basic life supports, they do defibrillation, they have all the equipment on board, fire engines and the specialist unit, crash units and everything else. But as I say, they can't transport the patient. And the thing about it is you have to wait for the ambulance service then to come along and to do that job for you. Mm, But it still happens in Dublin, doesn't it? It does, but I think there's problems in Dublin as well from what I hear in the past there in the media, yeah. how the ambulance service in Dublin, uh, the fire service is, uh, the fire service ambulance is, I might be wrong on this, and I open to correction, it may not be as effective mm. as it used to be. I do believe, I, was, I remember being up there one time when there was a, uh, there was a, a crisis among emergency personnel and there was a, a protest in Dublin. I remember talking to one or two of the lads from the fire brigade ambulances yes, in Dublin yes. and they said that they were training as paramedics and that now there is a paramedic at least on every ambulance. There mightn't have been oh, in yes. the past, but there is a, right. a, a trained paramedic on every ambulance. It would, I think, would only make simple sense, Edward, to, 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 to take the pressure off to bring them back. Well, I, I said there's an awful lot on that, quite honestly. There is. There is because, as I said, I mean, even though the fire service today is under enormous pressure as well, yeah. because when you think about it, the, the fire service they go to, the fire isn't the only thing they respond to. They refer to all sorts of um, different situations. Crashes. And, yeah. and I absolutely rescue and self harm and God knows what. And it used to be the case, as I said, like that, when you turned up, when, I, when, my, when my days, you turned up there and the fire brigade ambulance was there, or indeed, the latter years, you turned up and the, 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 the National Ambulance Service was there with you. But it has decreased, decreased because through no fault of the, the personnel. None, and none that ever was. We should be very clear about that. I, I wouldn't well, like anyone to get that from our conversation. We're, absolutely. The people, I mean, the, many, many, the training, the, yeah, many of them were my friends the, as well. When I was working in news, I knew many of them very, very well. Brilliant, absolutely. brilliant people. You know? And the training that they go through today is second to none as I said, I mean, we didn't have as much as, as good a training back in those days. So we had our support and we did a good job and everything else. We were very proud of it. Yeah. But the training that they have today is, uh, is, in, is unbelievable. It's absolutely unbelievable. It's great. And the training and is no good if it's 40 miles away, Ed. Not at all. And another thing about, as you said, you, as you mentioned there in the opening part of your program there, is that the length of time, very, very, they don't even get a break. How often have you seen ambulance crews, even in our own city here, putting up outside the shop going to get a sandwich, eating it while they're on, in, in the vehicle? They don't finish on their designated time, the 12-hour shift, they can work four hours afterwards. And there mm. was a case, there was a case not too long ago, and um, where an ambulance crew finished their shift, and then they were told that they had to take a patient to, up to Dublin. And because they refused to do that on the health and safety, which they were quite right, quite right, there was huge repercussions because I of that. The story, I do. Yeah, and, and that's that's not right. That's yeah. not right to the people. It's not right to yeah. patients. Everything else, you know. Well, as I, as I said in the introduction, there, Ed, if I was driving a lorry load of baked beans across you Europe, I have to stop and rest you and sleep and eat for a, a period you of time. Indeed. You know, you do indeed. You do indeed. And yet, it's expected of them to carry on. And again, as I said, not alone are they the victims of that, but you see, as you mentioned, the the call, the previous call, that the uh, his partner's um, father, father, yeah. and you're inside 
accidents in emergency rooms. I mean, it is pitiful. It's something like you see in the third world, the way the, and the way the staff have to try and work around them and to get to them and paperwork and God knows what. It's frightening. It's absolutely frightening what's going on today. And right. I, I, I worry about it. I worry about it. Quite right. And Ed, you're a man who gave many, many years of dedicated service to the city in your role as a fire officer. Thank you for that service and indeed for your wise words this morning. Retired to Cork City Fire Officer Edward Buckley. Quartz 96 FM.